Anyway, without further ado, let me uh, see what I have to do next. I would like to introduce Evelyn from San Fernando Valley. Thank you. Thank you. This has been a wonderful convention. Let's give it a Uh, my name is Evelyn. I'm a compulsive overeater. Uh, I've been uh, coming into these rooms for over 16 years, and I've been maintaining a weight loss of 115 pounds for 14 and a half of those years. Yeah. And, and I'm, I'm starting to get in the record books. You know how they say, you know, people don't keep their weight off. I'm going, yeah, I do. You know, yeah, I do. Um, I came into these programs when I was 42 years old. Uh, I uh, had always been obese. I was a 14-pound baby. I was 100 pounds overweight when I was in the uh, when I was 11 years old. Um, I uh, was always, normally, usually, the shortest and the fattest child in my class until I got to high school. And then there were fatter people. They were taller. They called them football players. <laughs> They got invited to the prom, you know. Um, uh, I, I did it. I've always been um, uncomfortable around people since the time I was a very small child. I was one of those children that didn't like to be touched. I still don't care to be touched. Um, I don't like people. I don't understand them. I don't understand you. You know, they talk, they speak, and it's like everybody's speaking in English and I'm listening in Egyptian. You know, I mean, I just go, what are we talking about? And I can remember feeling like that as a very small child. And, um, and I've pretty much always been a loner, you know. Uh, I was married briefly in my 20s to a rock musician who became fabulously wealthy the day he left me. And, <laughs> and he, is, he is not an American citizen, so none of that money was mine. And, uh, and I was left with a child. I raised her in uh, low-income housing in San Fernando. Uh, I had left school. Uh, I had uh, emancipated myself when I was 16 years old. I was raised in an unconventional environment. And uh, I had seen one of those movies of the week on TV, went to the library, filled out the paperwork, came up with 60 bucks, emancipated myself, and walked out. You know, 16 years old, on the street, 10 bucks. You know, and uh, so I didn't have, I, I don't have a high school, I didn't have a high school education. Um, so I, but I've always been a good worker. And I'm the kind of worker that comes into a factory or uh, some kind of building, and, I, and they hire me to sweep the floors. And within eight months, I'm running the place. They've moved to Europe, and I'm faithfully sending them the money every month, and they're paying me minimum wage. And I'm making a money hand over fist. I'm the kind of person that says, you know what, if we move that machine a little bit, 10 inches this way, you know, be more efficient, you know, do this, do that, you know. And I can get people to work hard with me. So I, I, I like to work. It's probably my second compulsion, particularly if you have a manual. Okay? Then I know what, what, what everybody's job is. And I know what I'm supposed to do, you know. And I like that. I like that. So uh, by the time I came into Overeaters Anonymous, uh, I was 42. I had a 16-year-old daughter who was trying desperately to get away from me. And, uh, and I spent, I worked two full-time jobs and a part-time job. And by the time I came in here, I had worked every day of my life for 17 years, a minimum of six hours, and usually about 14 hours a day. Never missed a day of work. I didn't drive. I rode a bicycle, you know, six miles this way, eight miles that way, you know, 100 pounds overweight. Um, 
worked anywhere, everywhere I could to put food on the table. I don't have an extended family there. Now I do. And, uh, but it was just pretty much me and my daughter, you know. Um, I tend to be reclusive by nature. I'm angry by nature. I'm, uh, when I don't get my way, I tend to be violent. Um, I don't, uh, um, I, tend, I tend to be negative, and I tend to be obnoxious. When I don't know what to do, I wave my arms around, you know. <laughs> and and um, uh, my, life was, my life was going well because I was like, you know, like a hamster in a cage. And I mean, I, I was on point, but my life was a mess. And I ended up in Overeaters Anonymous because I was aware of the tw- a 12-step program. It was free. Okay. Now, did I think I had a problem with food? No. When you've been obese, for some of us who've been obese, seriously obese for most of our lives, if you get to be 42 years old, losing 100 pounds is like number eight on your hip parade. You know, I mean, it's like, yeah, right, you know. And, but what I wanted was the rest of it. I wanted the promises. Actually, what I wanted was a personality change. And I, I had striven hard to get that because that's the, the deal that I made with the big book. It says in the big book, if you do this, 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 you get this, 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 and this. Okay? And that's the deal I made with the big book. And as long as I do this, I have gotten this. And the day I don't get this, since it's still all about me, I'm going to walk to Vermont <laughs> and dig Bill up and say, where's mine? You know? <laughs> I've done this. Right? Where's mine? So I have used this, this for me. This is probably the, the, the thing that I have ever done for myself. I, I have been a woman who, who you know, just kind of crashes through life. You know, I call, when I came at a program, I combed my hair once a day whether it needed it or not. You know, I, you know and I mean, that's it. You know, and, and, and I had, you know, three, five, three, three five sets of clothes, you know, black, blue, blue and brown, and size 55 stretch pants, and, uh, and that was it. You know, but when I came in, people were losing weight, and I thought, isn't that wonderful for them? They seem to want it so much. And I remember turning, I happened to be sitting next to an old-timer at the time, and, and, and we were sitting, and, and these people were getting up candles, and I've lost 100 pounds, and I'm going, and I turned to her, and I said, isn't that nice? You know, it, it, seemed, it seemed to be so important to them. And, and she said, and she was looking at me, you know, and I said, you know what? If I don't ever lose 100 pounds in this program, I don't care. I just want to have a smile on my face. And she said to me, honey, you're not going to make it in this program. <laughs> And actually, she said that to me twice in, in, in 16 years, and I made it anyway. You know, part of me made it on a pure spite. <laughs> part of me did. You know, I, and I struggled in this program. I didn't gain weight uh, for years until I got into this program. The first five months I was in this program, I gained 25 pounds. I'm going, what the heck is this, you know? And then somebody who t- took an interest in me in this program, not one of the most successful people in this program, said to me, why don't you do it their way? You know? And I found out in this program that whether I believed in it or not, it worked for me. You know? Did I believe in God when I came in here? I have a lot of trust issues with God. You know? For 42 years, he showed up, you know, Flood, famine, you know, uh, 
when the car falls on your child and gives you the strength to lift it up, you know, and I, you know, asked him to help me, and I didn't get any help, you know. So to have somebody say to me, why don't you turn this over to God? Yeah, right. You know, he has not been a good employer for me. <laughs> okay? So this gentleman talked to me about it and said, you know, what can you do? And I said, I'm, I'm willing. I said, do I have to believe it or not? He said, no, you just have to do this. You know, I said, okay, I'll pray once. Once a day. And then and, and what kind of prayer, what prayer are you going to pray? And I'm going, can I pick my prayer? You know, and I picked the serenity prayer. You know why? Because if you look at the serenity prayer, you turn part of it over to God and you still get to do part of it. You ever notice that? Right? I mean, I'm not turning my whole life over to someone who hasn't showed up for 42 years. You know? So I did that. I picked up, I picked the serenity prayer and that works for me. It also centers me. You know, what's going on here? What can I do about it? You know, what can't I do about it? and get on with it. I like that. This is what I learned when I came into this program. I learned that I like food. I love food. I love the smell of it. I love the taste of it. I love the texture. I collect pictures of food. If you come to my house, you will see big, full-color posters of pie. Okay? Overeaters are uncomfortable in my home. I, 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 I collect it. I just don't eat it anymore. You know, and my husband keeps saying, why don't we collect those Renaissance paintings with the bowl of fruit? I go, who would want a bowl of fruit? You know? <laughs> he goes, well, you know, there's a better investment. You know, I'm going, yeah, right. You know, I collect things that make me happy. I like food. But I also found out that if I put large quantities of food into this body, if I put large quantities of sugar, salt, white flour, into this body, I become mean-spirited, judgmental, obnoxious, loud, not the kind of person who gets invited to great parties, you know? And I don't, I don't want that. I want to be the kind of person that gets invited to great parties. I wanted to be, I, became, I wanted to become the kind of person who is remembered fondly. I wanted to become the kind of person that someone would turn to on one of the best times of their life and say, oh, I wish Evelyn was here. You know, she would enjoy this so much, or she would add so much to this. And that's what I wanted from Overeaters Anonymous, and that's what I got. I also learned to get on with it and get over, get over it, get on with it. Uh, it's not what they did to you, it's what are you going to do about it now. Uh, I had a gentleman who, I can still hear his voice. He's left Overeaters Anonymous years ago, and, and he still talks to me. And, you know, he's going, when I'm talking in my head, he goes, not what they did to you. What are you going to do about it now? And he used to tell me, live forward. You know, you can't do anything about that. Live forward. What are you going to do about it now? How long are you going to whine? You know, come on, Ev. How long are you going to whine? I go, till Tuesday. <laughs> what time Tuesday? 3.15. Oh, okay. And then, you know, that was the cutoff. I wasn't allowed to do a lot. I tend to be excessive, you know, and, and I learned that here. But I also learned here, which we don't have in a lot of the literature anymore or in our opening, is we used to have a phrase, in, particularly in the openings of each of the general opening of our meetings, that said our primary purpose is to abstain from compulsive overeating and to carry the message to the man who is still sick. And our goal is to attain and maintain a normal weight. 
you know, and uh, 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 that's, that has part of my dictum, you know, if, you, if you're an under-eater, you know, a normal weight, and I found out that when I want to, I wanted sanity in all aspects of my life, and I found out that a happy, healthy mind deserves a, help, a happy, healthy body, and one is the same as the other, and I, I think it's important, because food can can trigger my judgment. It can cloud my mind. And I tend to walk through the world not really knowing what's going on, even after 16 years. So I have to be real careful, you know, and considerate. When I have to make a big decision, I start, you know, I go into training, you know, make some calls, call some people with, with experience. And then I look to my food and tighten my food up so that I have clear thinking going in. When I've gathered enough information, I can make a decision I can live with. I'm so grateful for that. I learned that here. Um, since it's Sunday, I want to talk about my relationship with God. As you know, I'm, I'm kind of flipped with God, okay? He's been around a long time. He can handle it. Um, <laughs> uh, my God happens to be a, a compulsive overeater who's recovered, okay? And, you know, and once in a while the angels make him a little bit too many cookies, you know? And, but anyway... I, I, I prayed to God, and I didn't care whether he answered or not. I tend to whirl in place. I'm kind of like the Tasmanian devil. Um, and uh, so it's like me. It's, it's, I pray, and then I don't wait for him to listen. And I figure if he's that all-powerful, he'll get my attention. And um, so I prayed whether I believed it or not. And my experience with God has been of the educational variety. And I have to tell you, when, when I was 10 years in program, uh, I had some issues that were going to be life-changing issues in, in the quality of my life, and I needed to make some decisions on which, which path I was going to take, you know, whether I was going to go this way or this way. And um, I gathered information and gathered information, and I remember walking into the bathroom, and I had long hair then, and I was just combing my hair, and I was looking at myself in the mirror, and I, and I was talking out loud to myself, which I tend to do, and I, and I said, I said, boy, this is going to be tough. You know, because either way I was going to lose something, you know, and, and either way I didn't want to lose, you know, and, and, I, and I said out loud, God, we have a problem here. And I was so excited because that's the first time in 10 years or most of my life that I've ever used the we word, you know. Before then it was I'll do this, you do this. You take care of that part, I'll take care of this part. And I, had, I was so excited that it made my decision actually very easy to make. And since then, I have felt more of a weakness sometimes than not. And most of the time I still pray, pray superstitiously. It worked yesterday, I'll do it today. I was abstinent yesterday, I'll do it today. You know, had a good day yesterday, I'll do it today. Made my calls yesterday, had a good day, I'll do it today. You know, I do a lot of things kind of like in a superstitious way. I've become more of an adult in this program, you know. I went back to school. That was a trip, you know. <laughs> Hard for me to sit still, and particularly when I disagree with the teacher. But I was... <laughs> Well, he has ended up working for me, which is another story. And, uh, <laughs> but I, I went back to school. I was successful in school. Um, uh, I work one job now. I make a great deal of money to sit there and go like this, you know. And, uh, and I, have my own, uh, I have my own file clerk. His name is Trent. He looks like he walked out of a magazine. 
17 years old, and he stands by my desk because they don't want me to waste time walking up and down the halls, and he says, let me take that for you, Miss Evelyn. I go, no, Trent, I, can, I, you know, I need to get up. He goes, no, it's cost the company money. Let me take it. <laughs> and he's so cute, he's, and, and, uh, and I've been able to be helpful to him and get him focused so that he can go on and, and get a decent education and pay into my Social Security, you know. <laughs> But it's still all about me. I learned to be of service in this program, and I learned to be calmer, you know. Uh, I no longer have those 72 voices in my head uh, talking at me, waking me up in the middle of the night and saying, you know, you should do this, you should do that. You know, how come when she said this, you should say that? And as long as you're up, why don't we paint the house, you know? I used to paint the house. I painted the outside of my house at 4 o'clock in the morning. And, and the neighbors called the cops because I had all this light, you know, because I, 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 I rarely slept before I came into this program. And uh, somebody asked me the other day, I had made a pitch, and she, and she came up to me and she says, she says, how did you get rid of those voices in your head? I said, well, the more persistent ones, I said, I named them all. And I said, the more persistent ones, I told them at various times, Go over there and write about it, and then you can rejoin the group. And as you know, they never come back. <laughs> and the lady called me last week, and she said, that's working. And I'm going, <laughs> And I have become a better mother in this program. Uh, my, I have a wonderful relationship with my daughter in this program. Many of you people know her. Uh, she is not a member of this program, but uh, she's a big supporter of this program, and I'm grateful for that. I was not the good mother. I was an abusive mother, and I was not the good mother of a child, but I have become the good mother of an adult child, and I've learned to keep my mouth shut. You know, and, and I learned that in these rooms. And someone said to me, in order to be a good parent, it's like being a good sponsor. You know, he said, she said, why don't you offer suggestion and don't give advice? And then keep your mouth shut. And you know what? That works. It worked for me. And we had, by the time I came into this program, we lived in an armed encampment. You know, we had not spoken for years other than, do you need any milk? Yes, Mom. You know, here's your milk. You know, we didn't eat meals together. We didn't, you know. We could be, I was trying to keep her alive till she was 18 so I could throw her out of my house, you know, and, and she just wanted to get away from me, as she should. But now she wants to spend time with me, which is inconvenient. <laughs> it is. She calls me. You know, I'm going, I got enough call. I just spoke to you yesterday. What, you know. <laughs> become good friends and she has even asked me for my advice and I'm and and she has occasion occasionally taken it and said thank you you know and and that has been nice um, I learned to date in this program I did not learn to date OA men because they did not ask me and I found out later because I was too scary you know uh, so I learned to date men outside of the program and I, I'm successfully married now you know to a man who has five children thank you <laughs> And each of his children have five children, you know, and, uh, and they all don't care for me too much, you know. <laughs> but you know what I found out in this program is nothing lasts forever. I can do anything with our family for four hours, you know, <laughs> Christmas, holidays, and I can keep my mouth shut. I can be charming. I don't have to agree with their strategies to handle life. 
But four hours and ten minutes, you know, they're taking their life in their hands. And I found out I could do anything for a weekend, and I found out I could do anything for a week, and I found out I could do anything for a year, you know, one day at a time. I'm so grateful for that. I have, I owe everything that I am to Overeaters Anonymous, and I've become a person in this program. I've become a woman in this program, and I... And I'm so grateful for the life that I have and the design for living that I could make a decision, that I could figure out who I am and to see where I need improvement. You know, I look forward to life with great anticipation. I hope to age gracefully in this life, you know, so that I can offer that experience to someone else. Um, Overeaters Anonymous has been good to me. You have been good to me. Every time you fall in and pick yourself up, I'm there. Every time you fall in and couldn't pick yourself up, I'm there. You know, when you've had good times, good times I think are the hardest to handle. I learned how to be happy in this program. I learned how to handle good times, too, and not wait for the other shoe to drop. You know, I, I learned how to go to great parties, and I learned how to give to great parties. I'm like the anti-meme of San Fernando Valley. You know, I, <laughs> um, I have... I've learned to be a friend in this program, and, I, and I, I've learned to be a better friend. I had no friends when I came here. I didn't think they were important. And on top of that, they were, they are just so, they keep calling you. <laughs> and, and I've learned not to be so reclusive. I'm so grateful for that. Um, I also learned in this program to take every opportunity to recover. I was looking desperately in the for today. There's even a whole day on that, and I couldn't find it this morning. But it's all about never miss an opportunity to recover spiritually, mentally, emotionally, physically. You know, and grasp those times and those minutes and those days and when you feel like during the program or you feel like exercising or you feel like being spiritually involved because the day's going to come, you'll wake up and you, and you go, I'm not doing that anymore. That has been my experience, you know, and I take every opportunity I can to recover, um, whether it's sharing with you or reading some material or going somewhere or b being of service, walking with a friend, and watching my food. I recover three times a day. Food still does it for me, okay? It comforts me. It, it wraps around me like a warm blanket. And I just do it more appropriately three times a day. And then I learned to live my life in between. I'm so grateful for that. I have a wonderful life. One thing else I learned in this program, uh, when I was first came into program, I was in like three or four years, and somebody in this program decided I needed companionship. I said, can I have a dog? You know. <laughs> and they gave me a tape on relationships. Now, this is the worst tape that I had ever heard in my whole life. It, it, and, I mean, it was just horrible. But at the end of the tape, this is, the best part of the tape was the end. And it was by a guy, you know, and the guy says, he says, you know, he says, life, it, life is a series of problems to be solved, you know. And most of those problems we worry about from month to month to month. You know, and they're always going to be there. And he says what you want to strive for is a better set of problems. 
He said it's just as easy to worry about paying the rent on a one-bedroom apartment in San Fernando Valley as it is to worry about paying the mortgage on a five-bedroom home on Mulholland Drive. He said strive for a better set of problems. And that's what I do. And that's what I have taken every opportunity to get a better set of problems. I didn't have relationship problems when I came in here. Now I have them with my daughter and my husband and his family. You know, I have an education. Now I have, they pay me money. Now I have to manage that money. Before I had none, you know, at the end of the week, it was all gone. What's to manage? You know, <laughs> you know I have insurance. I have a driver's license. You know, who knew? <laughs> I thought all you needed to make the car go was $5 for gas and a key, and the car went. You know, I learned you needed a driver's license in this program. <laughs> And then they, they, you have to renew it, you know. Uh, I have a better set of problems. I now have the problems. I, I have started to be comfortable, learned to be comfortable in a normal-weighted body. And if you don't think that's a problem, you haven't been there yet because you feel uncomfortable. Most of the time I feel like, you know, uh, a 250-pound woman in a great Halloween costume, you know. And, but you know what? That's not, the, that's not the reality. And I live my life anyway. Did I believe this program would work for me? No. Did I do it anyway? Yes. Did it work for me? Yes. Did I believe if I prayed I'd have God? No. Did I want him? No. Do I have one? Yes. You know? But for me, it all starts with the food. You know? It all starts with the food. Because the food, some foods can poison me and poison my thinking. And then I start to make mistakes that I feel guilty about, and then I have to make amends, and then da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da. My problems compound. I'm so grateful for Overeaters Anonymous, and I'm so grateful for each each one of your lovely faces. And let's do this again next year. (laughs) Thank you. when you walked in here to this meeting. I'm sure you're now because, you know, you just can't help but smile when Evelyn talks. You were fantastic. Thank you. You know, I might have mentioned at the grand opening that conventions just don't materialize. They have to be worked on. And I want you to know that they're already hard at work at the next convention. And I would like now like to introduce Barbara from Sacramento, who's going to be the next convention chair. Barbara? We've met several times. We've discussed how to do it. We have some issues about following directions. It's a quiet group. 
we're trying to make it a happy time. <laughs> We've made some new friends here. Lynn, Shirley, <laughs> Bernice. It's all good. The one thing we like to practice in Sacramento is found in the fourth step of the AA, fourth, uh, the fourth tradition of the AA 12 and 12, Rule 62. Do not take yourself too damn seriously. Come on, Sacramento! Reservation on the recovery train. Started early. people who are in wheelchairs, people who are 
using crutches. People are, who are using other people to get around. I see overweight people, uh, small people, people of all shapes and sizes. And I realize we must have something that people want because we are a room filled of people who are going to any length to get recovered. So I thank the people who set this up. The birthday party, the Los Angeles birthday party is not for just people who live in Los Angeles. The Ovidus Anonymous was started 44 years ago by our wonderful founder. And we are lucky enough to be uh, the mecca of uh, Overeaters Anonymous in Los Angeles. We invite each and every person in this room to the birthday party. I need your help. Everyone at uh, your chairs has one of these lime green flyers. On it, it has my name. It has my email. If you would like to participate in the birthday party in any way, no service will be turned down. If you have never spoken at a birthday party or at a convention such as this, please email me. If you have suggestions of people to come and speak, please email me. I want to put together panels of people who have never spoken before, people who have years of recovery, and I know they're out there. You know, they're under some OA rock in some OA town. <laughs> One of the things that I, that I am a proponent of is uniting people. I am trying to unite people and to unite Overeaters Anonymous. Our closing ceremony, what I am trying to do, is to have a sort of Republican-Democratic kind of convention. I want to have polls with all the intergroups represented across the country. I have an incredible vision for this birthday party. So wherever you're from, please come. Feel free to be part of it. Please come and represent your intergroup. We would love to have you. No one will be turned away. Thank you, and again, thank you so much for this weekend and this opportunity to share recovery and to bring it to other people. Thank you. Thank you very much, Joe. I'm going to go right out and buy my pole and make up my sign for the Desert Intergroup here. And if you can't wait that long, uh, you know, I asked them in New Orleans if they were going to send a plane for me as Barbara's sending the train, but they refused, but, so maybe I'll have to walk. But if you can't wait, let's all go to New Orleans. That's the closest thing to this convention. So thank you all very much. Now, you all bought 50-50 tickets, and one of you is going to be the lucky person and our fundraising chair, Jane, has done a tremendous job, and she will come up here now, and she'll find out who the lucky winner is. All right, say something. Thank you all for coming and, and buying tickets, and we're going to, we, it's about $300. I think we're going to do a final count after we draw, and then you can just come over here and, and get your money, whoever you are. Okay. No, Kathy is picking. She has glasses at work. I'm watching. You have, you have to be here, right? Hopefully, we did that. Yeah, you have to be here. Or you have to have a representative. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> yeah. What's the number? Okay. The number, the number is 338811. 338811. 
They have to be present. They have to be present. Going, 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 gone. committee and when I'm not, and this has not been a normal committee. Um, it has been an absolutely extraordinary committee. Um, it was, it has, it had to be different because of the location, because of the number of people who worked on this committee. The lines of demarcation between committees was very fuzzy, and, and whenever anything needed to be done, somebody stepped up and did it. And it all began at the top. Shall we cry in unison? Yes, we should cry in unison. <laughs> um, we have known each other for decades. But I can tell you, you don't know anybody until you've worked on a committee with her. <laughs> and um, this woman, um, you know, she held us together. She stepped forward and did whatever had to be done. And she set, you know, a really high standard for giving and service and flexibility. She really did. And um, the committee has a gift for her, and we were going to give it to her at the, uh, the closing meeting that we have to attend. But, you know, I wanted you guys to know how much we love this woman and how much she deserved um, our respect and our praise. Okay. Thank you. Trick. I mean, wow, that has been such a wonderful group. I mean, but, you know, you know, I, I stopped writing now. They have been so wonderful, and I was, I'm very grateful that I was able to work with them. I don't know how they came to me because I didn't pick them. They volunteered, most of them, except a few I ordered. But uh, like my Yaka Valley group, I mean, they hate me forever, but they've done a marvelous job. But Ida, I mean, she really got me to be in TSU because I did not expect that. Thank you. Back to business. Oh, you know, I want to tell you one quick thing. Ida and I, we've known each other for decades, but we're still 39. Both of us were kind of <laughs> But, you know, the disease of compulsive overeating never goes away. This morning, we were sitting next to each other at breakfast, and somebody else was talking about size, how big you are, 
And we got into an argument, kind of, because Ida told me what they were talking about, weight and stuff. And Ida told me, well, you are so petite. And I looked at her, and I said, but you're much smaller than I am. And we actually argued about that. <laughs> and so I, we, I decided, Ida and I have to stand side by side and have to have our picture taken, because the sp- picture speaks a thousand words, and I can judge better when, when I see a picture. But I just wanted you to know that, that our heads are still fuzzy, and I'm still distorted, my body image. I, I don't think I'll ever be normal. But I, it's just so funny, because, you know, Ida's been around longer than I have, so... Some are sicker than others, and I guess Ida and I are... (laughs) Okay, we have to wrap it up, guys. You've got to get home. Our convention is now coming to an end. We hope you carry it home with you, and we hope you carry good memories. Oh, they want me to open my present. I've had an order. I'd like to give them, but I try to call them. With our thanks. Oh, look at all these wonderful... No. You're not supposed to give me anything, guys. It's, you know, it's still easier to give than to receive. That's another thing that never goes away. It's a gift certificate. Sheer illusions. Is that a spa? Wonderful, that's what I need. I hope they work on my feet because I'm sure I ran a marathon. Thank you guys. You are so great. Thank you. Would you believe I get a massage once in a while in a while in Yucca Valley and I talked to this lady and she has never been to an OA meeting and she came up came down to visit and she signed up and she stayed for some of the meetings. And I wouldn't be surprised if she shows up in Yucca Valley. And I told her, I said, I'll, I'll be seeing you as soon as I get home. But how about that? And all these wonderful notes, I don't have time to read them all, but thank you guys. I love you so much. All of you, but my committee a little bit more. Okay, and so I just, okay, I can't believe it's ending. You know, it's going to be such a letdown for me. But anyway, um, you know, I don't know. I hope you carry the message home with you in good memories of our oasis of recovery and a new or deeper commitment to your recovery and the knowledge that you're loved. Keep coming back, please. And now, uh, I don't think the person who was supposed to read a vision for you from the big book is here, so I would like to ask a very special friend of mine, Pat, to come up and read it. Thank you, Pat. I hope you can find us. I'm so, I'm so confused. I don't even know where to go. Okay. I do know where it is. I'm just trying to find my little spot in here. Honest to God, folks. There we go. I have had him a compulsive overeater. A vision for you. Our book is meant to be suggestive only. We realize we know only a little. God will constantly disclose more to you and to us. Ask him in your morning meditation what you can do each day for the man who is still sick. And a woman who is still sick. I know people love to say that. The answers will come if your own house is in order. But obviously you cannot transmit something you haven't got. 
see to it that your relationship with him is right and great events will come to pass for you and countless others. This is a great fact for us. Abandon yourself to God as you understand God. Admit your faults to him and to your fellows. Clear away the wreckage of your past. Give freely what you find and join us. We shall be with you in the fellowship of the Spirit, and you will surely meet some of us as you trudge the road of happy destiny. May God bless you and keep you until then. Thank you very much, Pat. I would now like you to stand, join hands, and we'll finish with the prayer. I put my hand in yours, and I'm not going to mess you up. I'm not going to say God. I'll start off right this time. And I don't know if I should stay up here because... Uh, join the circle? Yeah. <laughs>